Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, yo! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey, what's up, all you lovely listeners out there? Welcome to another exciting episode of Saturday Morning Rewind, the show that takes you back to your childhood one interview at a time. Of course, my name is Tim Nadell. I am your host. Please, please follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You'll find all of our links on our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, or on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Saturday Rewind. And uh, Facebook, just type in Saturday Morning Rewind, you'll find us. Today's episode is once again brought to you by the fine folks over at CelebWorks.com. So please go check them out. That's CelebWorks with an X at the end of it. So thank you guys so much for this because I love this interview. I love this guy. I have the very talented Andre Stoka on the show today. Andre was the voice of Starlight on Rainbow Bright from 1984 which I loved, by the way. I may be the most magnificent horse in the universe, but I can't fly. He was also the voice of Al in multiple, multiple Winnie the Pooh productions. Oh, you wish to find your family. <laughs> A most noble quest indeed. The search for Familius Genus Tagurus. <laughs> that is Latin, I believe, or is it uh, Greek? <clears throat> such as Piglet's Big Movie, The Tigger Movie, Pooh's Grand Adventure, and many, many others. In fact, I think, I might be wrong, but I believe he's voiced Al more times than anybody else. Of course, make sure to go check us out online again, SaturdayMorningRewind.com. Check out our donation tab on our website if you want to help us out financially. We have a Patreon campaign going on there. So if you'd like to hear your name, on upcoming episodes, just like our fellow Patreon members, Jared Tolbert, Mike Clemens, Erica Palillo, Caitlin O. Colorful One, I see you change your name on there, <laughs> Gemma Bright, Tori Garvin, and one of our new ones, Jeff Peterson. Thank you so much. You're awesome. And please welcome our brand new Patreon supporter, Q Fortier. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think I am. You are amazing. Thank you so much for your donations. Just know that 100% of what you guys donate goes towards this show, producing it, all our website fees, our Skype fees, our travel fees when we have to travel. It goes all towards this show, making it so much better than it already is. So thank you guys so very much for your Patreon support. I love you all. And remember, you also can become a Patreon supporter. Just go to our website, SaturdayMorningRewind.com, and click on the donation tab right there. You'll see it. They start at only two bucks a month. And I mean, two bucks, it helps pay the bills. It really does. One more quick thing. It's official now. I will be at the LA Comic Con this October, October 26th, 27th, and 28th. I think I might be there just only for one day. I'm not 100% sure just as of right now. So uh, if you plan on being there, please hit me up on any kind of social media or even email me at contact at Saturday morningrewind.com let me know i'd love to meet up with you guys take a picture hang out for a little bit that'd be fun 
But anyways, uh, this interview with Andre, I love it because I was a huge fan. I mean, still am of Rainbow Bright. I know I'm a, I'm a guy and all, but even as a kid, I watched you know those shows like Gem and Rainbow Bright and Care Bears. I haven't played with My Little Ponies as a kid. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? So it's great to chat with Andre about his time during Rainbow Bright, and of course during his Owl years. Like I said, he's voiced him for many, many years. Um, probably one of my favorite versions of Al, kind of a more of a gentler approach, I think. He did tell me that he will be at the uh, Sacramento Comic Con later on this year. I believe it's October. So if you guys are going to be at that convention, check him out. He's an awesome guy. Go get an autograph from him, get some pictures taken with him, just chat with him. I think he'd love to meet up with all of you. So anyways, enough, enough hesitating. Here is my interview with Andre Stoka. First of all, I am a huge, huge fan of your work. I've been, you know, listening to your voice for many, many years now. I kind of grew up, you know, enjoying all the characters you've done over time. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, I'm glad to be be with you. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was at a recording session with some younger actors, and they looked at me and said, you know, we grew up with you. Yeah. And I went, oh, boy, uh, I'm feeling my age. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more about yourself. How, as a kid, were you interested in animation and in voices in general? Yeah, when I I grew up, uh, radio was in Los Angeles, and uh, it was a big time in Los Angeles. It's it's hard to imagine how big radio was, mm-hmm. but remember, radio in when I was growing up was live radio, so there were live broadcasts all day long from either New York or a few from Chicago and a lot from Los Angeles. And so if you stood, for example, at the corner of uh, Sunset and Vine, picking a a corner, (laughs) you would be standing in front of an NBC building that had maybe uh, 12, 15 studios in it. Uh Um, That's remarkable. Uh, And then down the street would be CBS, where there'd be another eight or nine studios. And then uh, ABC had uh, three or four studios, and Mutual had, uh, you know, eight or nine studios. So... Within uh, a few blocks, you had, uh, you know, 20, 30 different radio studios, uh, many of them capable of holding a full live orchestra, uh, sound effect, not, not like the studios that you see today, which are mostly, even the music studios are, are based on pre-recorded tracks, and they bring in sections of the orchestra at a time, except mm-hmm. for Capitol Records. But uh, uh, these are studios of some size and substance. Some of them had uh, audience, uh, they were like little theaters. So it, all day long, uh, essentially, the networks were switching from one live studio to the next, either in uh, the West Coast or in New York. And a tremendous number of ra- uh, actors were playing, tremendous number of writers, and obviously mus- musicians were working very well. So it was quite a it was quite a time, and uh, I, as a young, you know, uh, starting I think when I was twelve, uh, started visiting the live shows, and they got to know me at one of the networks, and uh, so they would let me into some of the non-audience shows, and I began to learn how the radio shows were produced, 
and how they were written and uh, how they and how the actors performed. I got to know a number of the actors and I was a fan of a number of the actors. You know, we talk about we talk about the heroes of, of uh, cartoons with June Foray, oh, yes. for example, or, or uh, Paul Fries or uh, 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 Janet Waldo. These were people who were big stars in radio before television was on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And uh, they simply moved from one medium to another. Uh, they were all brilliant performers. Uh, and uh, uh, so th- these these were my role models and, and people <laughs> that uh, there was just one thing wrong with my uh, my my scheme of life, which was that by the time I actually graduated from college, um, radio was dead. Yeah, the uh, tele- television had taken over. And uh, happily, uh, uh, I was also studying television when I was in school, and I'm I'm also a writer and uh, do other things. And so I was able to move into uh, uh, some early uh, film network television shows and as a, uh, on the production side. Okay. So I, I did a, I did a, I did quite a number of those. I did the Munsters with with Joe Connolly and Bob Mosier. And, really. Uh, and uh, and I did. Uh, the Virginian, uh, you know, just a number of shows that were being produced at, uh, uh, I was under a long-term contract over at uh, what was then called Review Productions, but which is now uh, Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I had quite a background in that. And um, But what I really would like to do, if I could do anything, would be a radio actor, except there's no employment for radio actors. And so... <laughs> Uh, one day, years later, um, my wife and I were at a television academy meeting, and I had seen one of the guests, uh, it was a panel on voiceover actors, and I voiceover, I what could hmm. they do? And I saw a name that was familiar to me, Marvin Miller, who was a wonderful uh, uh, announcer and actor in the old, the old days, and uh, um I thought, yeah, I'd love to see what he's like today. So we just went to the Academy meeting and uh, enjoyed the panel. Uh, Joni Gerber was on the panel, a a number of other people. And I I hear all these people I thought were unemployed are are making a living. How do I get into that? I I have no idea how to do that. So I decided to take a workshop and see, you know, maybe I could... uh, you know, do a little something and mm-hmm. be fun anyway. And uh, uh, so I took a workshop and an audition came into the workshop and I got the audition and that was paid for the workshop. And and then, uh, you know, within a year I was in the business. It was <laughs> like one day I was outside and one day I was inside. So it was a remarkable <laughs> transition, a life-changing experience for me. Wow. Now, you mentioned Paul Fries a few minutes ago. Did you ever get a chance to work with or even meet Paul Fries? I, I, well, I saw him when I was a kid. No, I didn't. Uh, okay. He had moved up to San Francisco during his uh, uh, the la- later years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, no, I, I never did. I saw him when he was a young actor uh, trying to get established a- a- as a radio actor. And he was, he was a hustler. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he he knew what he was doing, and uh, I remember he did he did a lot of voices. So uh, 
was he was did a radio show called the Black Book. They they were able to do <laughs> uh, all kinds of flights of fancy radio shows because it didn't cost anything. You didn't have to build any <laughs> yep. to try the ideas out, you know. And uh, to, but if you're doing a television show, it becomes horribly expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, so that's how I got into voice acting. I thought it would be fun, and uh, uh, it was something I always wanted to do from the time I was a kid. And uh, in the middle of my years, I finally achieved it. And uh, I'm very grateful to the providence that uh, allowed it to take place. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like just an incredible set of, you know, coincidences that just worked out so well. And here you are today, you know, still doing it today. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it's true. It's true. I'm uh, I'm still doing it. I'm uh, <clears throat> I started a. Uh, I'm still doing commercials, and and uh, I do a wonderful show called Adventures and Odyssey. It's a radio show. Yeah, so there you are. Uh, You're doing your radio dream right there. Yeah, well, that was the whole thing. Uh, uh, it was it was radio acting the way uh, I had always wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first radio show that I did actually was very interesting. They're doing a show called the uh, Sears Radio Theater. And they were doing um, uh, like an hour drama show. Or it was a mystery theater, I think it was. And they were doing an hour, hour drama show. And I wanted, they were doing it over at uh, the old Par- uh, Paramount lot, the RKO section of Paramount lot. And uh, I wanted to do that show so bad because it was radio acting. And I mm-hmm. always wanted, even though I was doing voices for, for uh, commercials and cartoons, Radio acting had its own special place, and so I uh, t- mentioned that to Dawes Butler, who Dawes was one of those. Uh, he's known for his TV characters, but he was a major league person in radio as mm-hmm. well. And um, uh, he said, "Well, you know, they're they're having a hard time getting material for the show. Why don't you write a script? And if they buy it, they'll ca- you, you can insist that they cast you <laughs> in it." So I said, oh, well, all right, uh, let me see, what would, what, what would it be? And I listened to a couple of the shows to get a sense of the kind of thing they were doing. And so I, I sat down on spec and wrote a radio drama, an hour radio drama, uh, and uh, sent it in. And Fletcher Markle, the producer of the show, called me and said, yeah, we'd like to do it. <laughs> and I said, well, there's just this one thing. I want to be in it. And he said, of course. He said, would you like to cast it? Wow. I said, oh, this would give me a chance to cast all the radio actors that I admired in the various... Who who gets that opportunity? (laughs) So uh, so we did. We did the show, and it uh, turned out to be uh, um, a very successful show. So... Anyway, so it's it's been a real adventure. Even today, um, um, uh, a few years ago... Uh, we just somebody called and wanted me to do an audio book, and I, you know, it's a lot of work to do an audio book mm-hmm. if you're going to do it right. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, it would be fun to have my own audio book company. Hmm. So I, so I created a company called Listen to Read, and uh, we are now celebrating our fifth birthday. And uh, we are now all over the place. We're on Audible and iTunes and uh, Google Play and all the places where audiobooks are found. And it gives me a chance to not only do acting, mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, my in- I have an interest in history. And so 
these are historical audio books. Okay. For some reason, the major publishers have decided not to publish, and I'm the guy who who did it. So it's <laughs> it's fun. And I'm sure, as somebody who loves history, you're learning a lot of new things you probably didn't know while doing the audiobook. Well, it keeps. Well, you know, it, I had a one man company, so I've had to learn all the. You know, I'm learning now a new uh, uh, sound editing program, and I'm video editing because we produce videos on each audiobook mm-hmm. and. You know, so I'm I'm I have to keep current in technology. So it's been that's been very interesting, <laughs> a very interesting experience. <laughs> now, I noticed a lot of your early work in voice acting for cartoons was uh, working on the Scooby Doo and Scrappy Doo show in the late seventies, I believe, maybe early eighties. What What do you remember about yeah. the uh, Hanna Barbera, you know, environment? The set. Well, it there? was a, yeah. The well, the, um, if you've talked to any of the other actors in that time period, I'm sure they told you that the 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 rehearsals for the cartoons were were, were the, the greatest amount of fun you ever had because uh, you you came into a, a conference room at Hanna Barbera and you read through the script and uh, there were some wonderfully funny people not me but some wonderfully <laughs> funny people who were cast in these shows and uh, and it, and it, the rehearsals were not being recorded. And so uh, people would have fun with them, and it, it was great. The, the clients were there, and people from the network were there, and, and so uh, it, it, was, it was a great time. And then you went into the studio, and everything got serious mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it had, to be, it, had to be done, uh, it had to be done right. It was a great experience. I did a, a series of guest people, um, uh, guest villains mostly, but I'm not a villain character. I yeah. mean, the, the nature of me is not a villain. I mean, look at the, the characters that I've played. Starlight the horse, mm-hmm. you know, on, on Rainbow Bright. He's a supportive, egotistical, but not mean-spirited person, you know. Uh, Owl on Winnie the Pooh, he's, he is a, um, a, a loving, stuck-up, uh, full-of-himself kind of character, but he's a good person at his core you, you know so mm-hmm. these are the uh, those are the kinds of people that i play and and uh i never seem to get any of the bad guys <laughs> <laughs> although i can be as mean as they want me to be there you go <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about starlight i loved rainbow bright as a kid even as a you know a male you know as a kid i love rainbow bright what was it like working on that show it was great. We had a, a, a wonderful cast. Uh, 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 it started out to be a uh, a scheme from Hallmark yeah. to sell cards and things, and so they 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 set out to design a character that would appeal to teenage girls or young young girls, and uh, um, and uh, it, it was a deliberate design, and it was very successful. They, they started out as doing uh, doing a television series, uh, some television specials, and then uh, it became, they made some movies. And it was a uh, it was uh, it was a great cast, mm-hmm. um, and um, it was a lot of fun. So. It's funny because you go to the Hallmark now, and it's filled with Rainbow Brightmouth stuff. Have you have you been there lately? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's got a lot of stuffed I, I, animals, I, I, and he's got the DVD set and a lot of cards and books. Oh, it's amazing, oh, yeah. Sure, you know when you when you invent a character like that, that's the merchandise. You make more; mm-hmm. these people make more from merchandising than they do from the actual 
films, people have loyalties to characters, and 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 uh, and and that's that's nice. Yeah, you know, it's nice. And what's great is I bought the whole set on DVD for for ten bucks just a few weeks ago. And my youngest daughter, her name's Madison, she's five years old. She claims now that Rainbow Bright is her favorite cartoon of all time. <laughs> that's, that's, well, that's great. You know, because there was a real little girl who was mm-hmm. Rainbow Bright, you know. Yeah. And there were, and she was holding her own against uh, some, some, you know, terrible male characters that were, they surrounded <laughs> her with. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and when you think about it symbolically, she's a... A, a, a woman making her way in the world against you know all the pressures that come upon her, and she's survived not only surviving but succeeding. Mm-hmm. And that's a great role model for people. It is, especially back you know? then when there wasn't that many you know female or, or no, girl no. roles like that. Oh, you know we've come so far. I remember I, it was a period of time in my life when I was the uh, dean of a film school. And uh, when I had finished doing, uh, ended my contract uh, with uh, with uh, uh, Universal, and um, we, it was, you know, all the people learning to make films. And I remember coming one day and saying, there were like two women coming in in the class of mm-hmm. an all male school, and I had the opportunity at one point to to hire a a woman who was. Uh, working as a cinematographer to teach cinematography and uh, and uh she became a role model for these for the, the few young women who were in the school and the, and it was magic you could just see it mm-hmm. that, that 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 everybody needs a role model and there have been an absence of them for for women for a long time mm-hmm. so uh, so it's a good thing that life is the world is changing for the better <laughs> exactly at what point did you take on the role of Al? I'm not quite sure when exactly. Did you do anything for the uh, the New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, the cartoon series? Uh, the original one you're talking about? No, not the original the, one the from film, the not the film, but the uh, cartoon the, the in the 80s. Yeah, well, there was there was a, that was that series, and then um, Hal Smith had been doing those. Mm-hmm. Hal had been doing Owl for that. Yeah, and uh, Hal uh, Hal passed away, and they were looking for a replacement for him. And uh, uh, they had auditions, and and uh, I, you know, I, I was one of the, the actors that came in to read for it, and um, uh, happily got it. Uh, uh, and then I, you know, said I better learn about the series and, <laughs> and the characters <laughs> and all of that, and um, it's. it's it's a it's an interesting how Owl's an interesting character that I don't know that ma- he makes as much sense in the United States as he does in England, because uh, there are a lot of British people who are full of themselves, you know, and and uh, they are uh, uh, they think very highly of themselves uh-huh. more than they're worth. <laughs> so that was that was kind of Owl the premise for Owl uh, in in England, but. I thought I had warmed him up a little bit, yeah, to make him a little more gentle toward uh, Pooh, and uh, he was kind of a teacher. And then the, along along the way, they had we 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 recorded some educational uh, videos on accounting and and uh, the ABCs, and so uh, you really did have to mo- modify that attitude and 
be more gentle and mm-hmm. more loving. And I think that the, that the owl that I have played is is maybe more gentle and loving than other owls that have <laughs> been played. Yeah, I, I can see that. Now that you're saying that, I can definitely see that. I think you're right. So I think that you, you, when you do that, you connect with the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's it's thunder outside here in Los Angeles. Wow, there's that's... some actual thunder going on. <laughs> that's rare. <laughs> wow. Yeah, in in July. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that. So I I tried to gentle him up and yet keep the the the, the essence of the full of himself quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that uh, he thinks he knows more than he knows, and then he tries to explain <laughs> what he knows and traps him, traps himself up. Yeah, he's one of my... He's a great, he's a great character. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's one of my character. favorite characters in, in the Winnie the Pooh franchise, and he's just hilarious because he's just so clueless. Absolutely. It was interesting. Uh, they um, they tried... Uh, uh, some people undervalue the, the, the importance of the voices, but I remember that we were doing a show called The Book of Pooh, which was essentially a video show um, where the, that originated in New York, very clever people in New York had uh, were puppeteers mm-hmm. and had and they were going to do uh, essentially a live puppet show well the, the puppets were you know huge puppets I mean they were life-size puppets being manipulated in in very inventive ways and uh, against the um, you know blue screen or uh, CGI so that uh, so that they could change the background mm-hmm. and uh, and they tried as puppeteers do you know you take the um, you know the, the uh, Kermit the Frog and all the those characters are those puppeteers actually do the voicing and so in that sense they tried to voice the, the characters as well okay and it just wasn't working yeah. it wasn't working. And so he said, well, we, uh, what we're going to have to do is we'll pre-record the voices and then have them act to the, puppet, the puppeteer, puppeteering to the recorded voices. So then they came out here and we, we did the show uh, here and then they, they took the voices back to New York and created the show back there. Mm, nice. But it was, yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was very nice. Did you try to mimic at all what Hal Smith's done previously? Or did, like you say, you gave him a different kind of character, right? Or did you try to mimic, mimic anything? That well, well I, it was really interesting because, uh, yes, I, you know, they were looking for a replacement for Hal Smith, and so I'm going to give them a replacement for Hal Smith. I mean, that was my, my purpose. Uh, and I got the part that way and did a couple of things that way. And then when we started doing, I guess, the... The first major show that we did, I don't remember which, uh, but I was directed to be a little more broad. They wanted him to be a little more broad than Hal had done it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I said, all right. Now, we'll, and I did. I, I did make him broad, but I tried to... Uh, Hal played him a little more withdrawn, a little quieter. And uh, I, I frankly think that playing it the more broad way is more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, but that was a change in direction once I got the part. And Owl has been, uh, you know, uh, has been a, um, 
a, a, a wonderful uh, character. Uh, for me, it was it was quite an adventure because uh, I remember they uh, they said well, we're going to do a, a a feature length video for Owl, and it's going to have all kinds of production values in it. And oh, by the way, uh, you have to sing a song. Uh, <laughs> and so I said, do you do that? And I said. You know, you never say you can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a I'm a fan of musical theater, and you know I've been involved in that. And so I said, sure. So the upshot of it was, Owl had never sung before, and so no one had any idea of what he sounded like when he <laughs> sings. And so I, it, you know, it, and they called me and they said. Listen, here's the lead sheet and the recording of the piano track to rehearse to. We'd love to uh, have you come in so we can set your key. And I have, hmm, set my key. They want to know if I can do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, this is kind of the fun part of the, the business. Um, here is the challenge. I was never sung before, and I'm, and I have a shot at it. So let me figure out what he will do. And uh, so I played around with it, and I came to the idea that maybe he being English and all, that, uh, you know, remember from my fair lady, Henry Higgins, mm-hmm. uh, had, uh, sang patter songs. They wrote patter songs for him so he could sing some of it and say some of it yes. and intermix that. Yep. And I thought, well, that would be pretty good, but where would that be? So then I had to parse the song to figure out where it is that the patter would be, where the singing would be, uh, you know, and just lay it out for myself so I knew what I was doing. And I went in to uh, record at Disney, and uh, they said, well, can you want to try it? And I said, sure. And I just did it. I mean, I had been so well rehearsed at home figuring it out uh, that I just did it. And with, and they, you know, we're talking about a seven-minute song, <laughs> uh, and uh, with changes, and uh, uh, you can see it on uh, Pooh's Grand Adventure. Powell sings "Adventure is a Wonderful Thing." That's right, yeah. And uh, and uh, and that that was it. They looked at me saying, "Where you did it?" <laughs> they were so so wow. surprised, and uh, and. That was kind of nice. It was yeah. a good feeling to, to have, have really accomplished something like that. That's well, we actually did the song. Um, uh, we did, uh, I, I, I'm, I think I did two, two takes in a pickup, and that was it. <laughs> uh, in later songs, you know, the, uh, they have, you know, it, 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 there are too many cooks, you know, and, and, and everybody <laughs> has to have their... Mm-hmm. But in, in in that way, the producer and I were of one mind on the on the way the song should be sung, and uh, and I think he was very pleased, and so was I. I did something; I really created uh, something that had not existed before. You added to that character that nobody's ever seen or heard. So that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of neat. I love that stuff. You know, the, this is to be in this business. Uh, you have to enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. You know, the process of creating. Somebody uh, comes in and gives you a character or a commercial, whatever it is. You look at it and you say, um, well, this has never been heard before except in the mind of somebody who wrote it. How? It, what's best for it? 
and you you figure it out and if you're right just enough times you get to make a living at it yeah and uh, and it's a you know it's it's a it's a wonderful creative process and uh, as i say i've loved it i've been doing this for over 35 years mm mm-hmm. And what keeps you busy these days besides your commercials you said you still work on and your audiobooks? What else do you do? Uh, that's pretty much it. I, uh, I, uh, it's, you know, running a, an audiobook company, running Listen to Read, is a, is a, takes a lot of work. I because uh, you, you, you have to – it isn't just the create, creation of the book. It's the promotion of the book. I do a, a – a blog that goes out to about 15,000 people uh, uh, that you know, read it religiously. And uh, I'm talking about uh, trying to uh, connect current events to the historical uh, significance of the books that I've done. So, uh, and, and I've done some books with some pretty, pretty great characters. I did uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, mm. had a, a almost died as a matter of fact he he had finished his presidency and somebody had convinced him to go to brazil and to um to to sail to actually cut trees into canoes and sail down this river called the river of doubt that had they knew the river where the river began but they didn't know where the river ended they <laughs> thought it might empty into the Amazon River and so uh, he he was a great adventurous person so uh, Roosevelt went down and uh, uh, went with uh, uh, through Brazil went to this uh, river and they started to sail down the River of Doubt well what it turned out to be was that the River of Doubt was a series of rocky rapids <laughs> you couldn't sail down there you couldn't float down the River of Doubt entirely you you had to you come to the rapids and then you'd have to take the canoes out and portage along the coast the, mm-hmm. the edge of the river, and then you'd put it back in. Well, uh, you and and the, the 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 boats that were felled would fell tree. They were very heavy, and um, so and Roosevelt uh, um, injured himself, uh, got infected in this uh, trip. And, uh, you know, he, he did not live to an old age. He died in 1919, um, and uh, his life, everyone believes, was shortened by the, uh, the, the damage that was done to his body in, wow. on this trip in, the, in this river. So that's, and he wrote a first-person account of it. So that's huh. one of the audience. Not bad, huh? Nice. I love that, yeah. All right, Andre, do you have any upcoming events you wanted to chat about a little bit? Well, I, yeah, I'm going to be doing a Comic Con in Sacramento on the, over the uh, what's the big end of the summer weekend? Uh, uh, is it Memorial Day or Labor Day? Labor Day, yeah, Labor Day. Summer. Labor Day, Labor. So we're going to be over in, in Comic Con, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to being there. But I'm looking actually looking forward to being in Sacramento because Sacramento is a very interesting place mm-hmm. historically. And uh, I've visited a number of, you know, first of all, that's where the you know, gold was discovered in California and uh, uh, near Sacramento. And, the, uh, and so all those historic sites are there. But what I'm going to be doing is um, uh, 
spending a day at the railroad museum up there. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, the uh, they they have a, a museum that where they've kept uh, the trains that that were part of that original transcontinental railroad. They still have those, and they're on display. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing those. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I think it will be. You know, the, it, you, we still have these remnants of the past, and we have to appreciate. Yeah. Again, like as you say, you know, uh, we. It, it was harder back then <laughs> than it is now. We, you know, so much modern technology. Now we're worried about getting better gas mileage to on our cars. It, then they were just amazed that the car would move at all. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to Comic-Con in, in Sacramento and uh, and uh, seeing some, some friends there. I've had some inquiries from some fans who, who are thinking of coming up there and shaking my hand and yeah. schmoozing. And as you may gather, I like to schmooze with people. Yeah, so, it's uh, fun. <laughs> It's it is fun. It is fun. Hopefully, we get a chance to do. I don't. I, we haven't had a chance to meet yet. I, I'm starting to do the uh, convention, you know, circuit a little bit more, and I'll be in Salt Lake in September and in LA in October. So if you're at one of those, I'm going to come by and chat with you for a little bit. Oh, please do. I, w- I would just love to meet you, and and I'm so glad you invited me to be on your show. No, thank you. Uh, I've been to. Huge... I listen to. I listen to the show. That, uh, you have some wonderful people. You know, you had Will Vinton on your show. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, I met him in in Portland. We uh, he did a, he did a, a, a series of commercials that I was in for, uh, for uh, Domino's Pizza, the Noid. Okay. And and uh, I was not the Noid. I was the announcer on all of those commercials. Okay. Yeah, I can hear that. So so. And so he, uh, he he's a dear man. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. So I was interested to hear his his, his interview, your interview with him, oh, and thanks. Uh, which was just excellent. Thank <laughs> you. No, that was one of my favorite ones. Uh, recent interviews too. I, I I loved his work. You know, it's amazing to chat with him, and I learned a lot that I didn't know. So I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he he is just a, a great character, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it was good. And Portland is one of my favorite cities, so yes. it was great to fly up there and, and, and meet him. Yeah. Well, all right, Andre. No, again, thank you so much. Huge fan of your work, and thank you for coming on. And can I have you end the interview as Al? Well, of course, my dear boy. <laughs> I, I say, uh, Tim, it's been a pleasure to be on your program, and I'm just flying here in this tree here in the Hundred Acre Wood. Uh, looking for Pooh, who doesn't seem to be around at the moment, but uh, I, I will tell him that Tim was here, and that uh, and that uh, perhaps uh, you'll come again someday, and that we can chat again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that Saturday morning rewind. Please check him out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.